Well, the main thing I always say is that, you know, don't be scared of Europe. It, it is it is scary to look at at times, but actually it is hard. It isn't, and I'd say the main thing is find people like myself and like you, Che, who basically, you know, we can explain ways of people getting into it in an easier way and, you know, the way that they can get into it. Um, and, you know, like I said, don't be scared because, you know, the people there who help, there are good people out there who will help you get into the hobby, basically. And don't be put off by people who are saying, oh, no, you can't do this. You must learn it all from, you know, and do these massive complex things because you don't have to do it the way they're saying. Jay's gonna bring me back Give me a plus one to attack Oh, oh, oh I want to come back to the dice Oh, 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 oh I think I need some good advice I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah I need a roleplay rescue Oh, yeah Oh, yeah. Hello Rescuers, my name is Che Webster and this is Roleplay Rescue, the podcast about rediscovering our lost roleplaying hobby. This is another one of the conversations I've been having with various friends within the roleplaying community. This episode is a chat about how to introduce new players to GURPS by making the whole thing simpler and more familiar. One thing to say is that I got my timeframes completely wrong. I began monkeying around with GURPS around five years ago I think. And Dungeons of Thal, when I mentioned that, was happening in 2019, which is four years ago. Doesn't time fly? My guest, Barry, a.k.a. GM Shadow, is the host of the Shadow of the GM podcast, which, among other things, discusses his experiences with GURPS over the past few years. Like me, Barry is a GM returning to GURPS, and we have very much in common. I'll put links to his stuff in the show notes. Big thanks up front to Barry for coming on the show. I hope you'll find it as inspiring as I did. He's got me thinking about getting some GURPS up and running back in the dungeons of Thal. This is Season 12, Episode 5, Simple GURPS with GM Shadow. Welcome, GM Shadow. Hi. Thanks for our greens to come onto the show. And, you know, sitting in your car... Okay, after a long day at work, come and chat about like bobbins and gaming. So thanks for that. Well, anyone who knows me knows I used to game in my car all the time anyway, because it's the only place I got peace and quiet. Not so much in the new house now. So <laughs> but I was known as the gaming from the car GM. So <laughs> it's kind of standard. <laughs> yeah, now it's podcasting from the car, which you've probably been yeah. doing for ages on your own show anyway. But True. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> well, lunchtime often as well between work. So that's how it goes. <laughs> Busy life. <Yeah. laughs> nice. Anyway, well, thanks for joining us. I wanted to really just have the conversation we've been talking about having for a very long while about Simple GURPS. So I know both of us have kind of rediscovered that game and then we've been mucking about with it on and off for well, well yeah. over a year now, 18 months, two years maybe. Um, um, but both of us also aware that it's a big barrier to a lot of people is like the imagined difficulty and complexity yeah. of GURPS. So I think I'm going to put a warning on this on this right now. I'll do it right now. Warning, if you're a GURPS player who's been playing for absolutely years, this probably isn't the episode for you. <laughs> um, because I don't know about you, Barry, but I've become really aware that a lot of GURPS, like hardcore GURPS players, actually love all of the crunch detail and everything. They do, yeah. They definitely do. Um, but I don't. So, well, I do and I don't because I yeah. find it's a barrier. And so, yeah, I kind of uh, working title for today's episode is Simple GURPS. Um, yeah. So what's your take on it? 
So, I mean, the, the main reason why I bounced off GURPS when I tried to get back into it probably about a decade ago was the complexity around it. I think, mm. you know, it's it's not to be understated. I think that, you know, whether it, I mean, arguably it's not more complicated than the systems, but it definitely feels it. When you try and make characters, I think that's the key thing. When you try and get into it and you look at the books and you try to build someone, it, it becomes complicated more so because of the amount of options out there. I think that's the thing. It's the, the, yeah. the amount of choices you can make, not that you have to make, but that you can make. It becomes a bit mm. paralyzing for some people. And, you know, it is a thing that's often most incited is that someone turns up for a game and they take a long time to try to build a character, basically, and they feel that's mm. a barrier to, to doing it. Um, I mean, the core mechanisms aren't, but the books are quite big. If you think about it and all the books that are out there, there's a lot of them, a lot of complexity that if you want to go down those rabbit holes, you can go down. Mm. I mean, for me, the way back in, in the end, turns out to be sort of GURPS first and third edition, really, the third edition book has random character generation. And for me, that was a great way of I rolled up some, you know, crack characters, like rolled the stats and randomly picked some skills and, you know, an advantage and disadvantage, and I could get playing. And for me, I suppose over the last 18 months, two years, that's been the way in which I've tended to approach like doing a simple-ish dungeon-y type of game, you know. Yeah. Um, I've, I loved the Dungeon Fantasy role-playing game, but I sort of bounced off it for the same thing of like character creation, 250-point characters, all yeah. of that kind of, yeah, it is it's difficult. And actually, I've got, you know, we joke about it a lot in the Roleplay Rescue Discord, but there are players who basically don't want to play GURPS, you know, because of it. And um, yeah. they just, they, they're like, I hate this game. Um, and they actually, when playing it, what I found is they don't hate this game. They, they actually, yeah. it's kind of cool. But yeah, getting into it is like you know, difficult. So mm-hmm. I think it's one of it's one of the contentions when I when I deal with groups is that the perception is a perception, but the perception is real in a way. Yeah. So it's like you know. Yeah. Whilst we can argue and everyone argues that how simple it is and once you get played, it's fine. But the fact is that the feeling about it exists and it, it tends to, you know, the people still feel it when they try and make characters, etc. Yeah. And so it, I'm always looking at ways to try and reduce that load um, to get new players in there. And to be fair, I've had quite a lot of success with getting people to play it. They don't always stay because they're still, you know, with any game, it's not everyone's cup of tea. Even if you get over the complexity perception, they still might not like it mm. for different reasons. Some people don't like the 3D6 system. I think me and you quite like that kind of spread of dice rolling. Some mm. people don't. You know, some people don't like you know building characters. Some people don't like the disadvantage system. I've noticed as well. So there's lots of reasons mm. why people don't. Some people don't like the one second combat rounds as well. Another thing mm. that some people have particularly bounced off. Um, but the main thing is definitely around that building the characters. And I think you and I have both sort of almost independently been looking at different ways to kind of, you know, streamline that and find ways to, you know, make it a bit simpler. And, mm. and I started working on the, I can't what I named it now, basic dungeon fantasy. I tried to kind of meld D&D basic with dungeon fantasy to try and mm. bring out something that was kind of akin to it. And the idea then was to make it so that you'll, you've got less choices and a lot more randomness to kind of building a character. And the idea was to try and streamline that so that you could have mm. characters built relatively quickly who still were what you wanted. And then if they died, you didn't have to worry about having to go through a 250 point construction process, which again, I think is other people's concern. You know, there's a worry mm. that if something happens to that character, there's a lot of buy in to create them from, the, from scratch. Most success I had was with the Dungeons of Thal, which I, I ran for a few months back in. 2020, 21, I suppose, around then. Um, but I, I, like I said, I took the third edition random generation. Yeah. So rolling your four key stats on 3D6, and then from that, roll, you know, rolling on the skills ch- chart, you got like basically each roll would give them a choice of three different skills. So you could say to a player, you know, do you want, I don't know, 
uh, sword, brawling, or shield, and they could pick one of those. You know what I mean, but there wouldn't be that kind of mix. There'd be things like traps and a, yeah. you know, a social skill and then a weapon skill. So they could kind of pick them and they'd roll a random number of skills at a random level. So we're not even worrying about the points anymore. And then there's one advantage and one disadvantage, equip, go. And it being a dungeon game as well, it was a sort of a mega dungeon uh, where they could go down. I'm fairly sure you might have played in it, but if, if certainly, you know, uh, quite a few of the guys we do game with had a go. And I laugh with it. You know, it was good fun. Um, and I just had to keep it really simple. I stole all monsters out of Dungeon Fantasy yeah. role-playing. Um just tended to use that kind of cool rule system. And um, I know we're going to probably end up talking about Doug Cole's kind of Delvers to Grow, because yeah. that's another great way in. But I actually found that the random thing for me worked the best. Um, and actually, the thing is, though, before we go too deep into like, you know, the, some of the options here, the other thing to say is that I have as a GM bounced off it repeatedly um, because I find yeah. GURPS hard to prep for as well. The fact that there isn't like, a unified monster manual i know yeah. doug's doing a lot of work around that for example from game yeah. ballistic but you know the fact that those like it's the fear of doing it wrong i think it's the same thing yeah. with new players they they worry about getting the character wrong i worry as a gm about getting the monsters wrong or the challenges wrong or the adventure yeah. design wrong you know so there's a lot there isn't there so you can end up sort of there's a number of things that you can muck about with and still feel like oh, am i doing this right and i think that that whole fear is probably the heart of the problem of the game. It's, it's one of those things, you know, Chris Normand, who's um, known as Knowles on Discord, he's the one mm -hmm. who made the GURPS game aid for Foundry VTT, but he's done yeah. some videos on running GURPS. And he talks a lot about making up people just from like few random numbers. Yeah. Now, that does work because I've done it, but I struggle with it. And I suspect you probably do as well, yes. because there's a fair amount of feeling like you're. You're not being genuine, not mm -hmm. being true to the game by doing it. And the reason why I know I deep down struggle with it, because I basically when I used to play 3.5, which was probably my favorite D&D &D version back in the day, was that mm. I really struggled with running monsters if I didn't have a stat block. I couldn't really yeah. make something up because I felt like there should be a stat block and there should be a challenge rating because that's how mm. the game's made to be run. And, yeah. you know, as much as I can tell myself I don't have to do it, it's really hard to fight that urge that it should be there. And so, yeah, it is that, that you know, if that's not there for you. and Because like, I know any time I look at doing any GURPS game and I do run them, that I'll, I'll try and look for other people having built things already because I feel mm -hmm. like if they've done it, then I feel like it's a bit more valid rather than me trying to build it from scratch. And there's probably no rational reason why I can't build it better than they can, but I don't know. There's definitely yeah. this kind of, like you said, it's a fear that oh, I've made it wrong and it won't work or that, you know, the mm -hmm. players might find out that it's not right and be upset that I've done it the wrong way and, you know, all that kind mm -hmm. of stuff, that you, which is your own baggage that you bring. But it, it's, again, that is real baggage is there is a concern and as a gm you've got to find some way to manage it really haven't you so no absolutely i mean you know i you know i'm constantly talking about the relationship between the anxieties we have in our gaming and the gaming the joy we have from it you know and uh, i think for me gurps is a game when i'm running when i'm playing I, I feel like i've i've got what i need to play in the character you know and i have a good bunch of people around the table or whatever it is good fun a really good game and a really rich game and i love it um However, all the prep is just terrifying. Yeah. And uh, and it's not like it's any more prep than anything else. It's just that it, for me, like like you're saying, it's kind of, it feels like there's some things I should be doing that I'm not doing, you know. I mean, I do feel there is there is an extra burden on prep on GURPS, which does exist. And I think it's something to definitely bring out, which is around the fact that as a GM, there's a heavy demand. Not doesn't have to be, but there can be a demand on you. Obviously, when you're setting up the world, you have to choose like, 
which advantages are allowed, which disadvantages, what skills mm-hmm. do they have, which they don't, what's the tech level, what are the variances of the tech level. And again, it, it's rabbit holes you don't have to go down, but and sometimes it's led by players because some players, if they know the system and have a few, you feel like you have to know these things because they're going to mm-hmm. raise them. And there's things like techniques and, you know, limitations and the stuff that you can like pull into the extra tweaks to things. And again, mm-hmm. you sort of feel a need maybe to know about it. And it's kind of not not needed as such, but you do feel it. So I think GURPS, because it's a toolkit, and about stuff there's a little bit of fudge at times as well. Sometimes it's too big a toolkit, there's too much stuff to pick from that it does make it a little bit harder sometimes to pull it. And mm. you kind of, if there's an easy way to streamline it before you start, that makes your life a lot easier. And this is why I think the sort of pre-made games. So, you know, if we look at, I mean, so Dungeon Fantasy RPG tried to do this by again, limiting what GURPS mm. was down to that. I'm not a big fan of it. I played it and I've done an actual play on it. So I'm sitting there saying I'm not a fan of it. I have good fun playing it. But my issue is the power level of it, et cetera. Mm. Um, it's a yeah. bit higher for my kind of taste and the way it's kind of set up a bit tongue-in-cheek as well when you look at it it's like a D perspective because you know steve jackson has his opinions on D, which he's never been mm. shy about expressing um, which kind of comes through <laughs> and how dungeon fantasy's kind of design um because i kind of would rather play a, a gurps fantasy but almost streamlined to a similar way that dungeon fantasy is but and in some ways that's steve jackson games attempt to kind of I guess now we're the focus of GURPS to kind of get players on board because if you mm-hmm. kind of take away some of those options, it makes it an easier thing to buy in. You know, if the player book is 60 pages as opposed to like 300 pages, that's going to help a lot, if you know what I mean. Yeah, but I it still has it still has some of those volleyballs. Um, I mean, I remember when I came back to it, what got me back into it, I think eventually with fourth edition was the templates. And I found out they have been around in third edition, which I didn't know before. Mm-hmm. But like, the issue I had was around about sometimes when I'm trying to build, say, I want to build something that's like a fighter or like a ranger but I don't mm. want to have to be, because, because the whole point of GURPS is you don't want to be boxed into character classes because that's the thing I yeah. don't like about the other games is character classes, potentially not a big fan of them. Um, but at the same point in time, I want some direction around how do I build a character who is good at doing X things. Mm. And the, the danger with GURPS, I think, which is what leads to some of this paralysis is around the fact that because there's so many skills, advantages, you're not quite sure if you're picking the right ones to get what you want. And again, yeah. it's that fear about, oh, am I building my own character wrong as well? And this is going to be mm-hmm. effective. And it's weird because when players do it, I'm more than happy to help them and say, oh, don't worry about it. It helps you. But as a GM doing it, I still stress about it. And when I'm a player yeah. of the other games, I still stress about it. Um, so the templates really helped when they came out as a, some way of kind of directing that focus a little bit. And I felt like I could mm-hmm. make an effective quote unquote character that kind of matched it. Um, but in some ways, it still wasn't enough because if you're still building a character templates, there's still quite a lot of decisions to make when you look at these character mm-hmm. templates. There's a lot, you know, it says pick 60 points of advantages from the list of 20 things. And you've got to try and then balance that to 60. And, you know, it, it takes time. It's not quick, really. You know, I mean, it, mm. it's quicker than building it totally from scratch. Um, and like you said, part of the remedy around that was when Doug Cole did Delvers to Grow. The idea was he broke those down into bigger picks. So you pick a big, like a few packages mm. and put them together. And again, it hopefully builds up a character. And again, he addressed some of the power balance thing because you can stratify your characters from 62 up to, I think it's 187 points they go mm-hmm. up to. Um, so again, it could be lower power levels than Dungeon Fantasy fully has. Um, and that does speed up play. Um it's still not as fast as say BX where you can roll people up really quickly, you know? Yeah. So we always have to have that idea that, you know, it's what you're competing against in a way. Mm. Um, well, also, I mean, the thing is that a BX doesn't have anything like the detail that GURPS can offer at the table. Do you know what I mean? So it's, it's what you want. I mean, in the end, if you're happy with like six stats and rolling D20, uh, yeah. you know, for combats and those kind of saving throws and, and that's, and it's equipment, you know, well, you can strip GURPS down to something like that and have your stats and, you know, yeah. a few basic skills. And this is what you've been working on, isn't it? Like this idea yeah. of really streaming like now. So tell us a little bit about what direction you took it in. 
So, I mean, this essentially to do a little sort of background story is that um, I stumbled across Mook, who sadly passed away, Mook Wilson, basically, he had mm. in his um, website, he looked into basically they built a way, again, obviously dealing with the same issues we did about quick, quick character creation. So he created this idea about these different power levels where rather than, than going through the full process of picking all your skills and disadvantages, you essentially have a set of attributes that you pick. So basically, I think it listed like you do one at 10 one at 11 one at 12 mm. fit them in you keep the other sub stats the same as they are and don't mess with them basically mm. just have that as standard which if you not played groups it might not make no sense to you, but it, it's good job <laughs> um, and then what you do is you pick a wild card skill now, a wild card skill in proper groups for lack of a better word is basically a way of lumping a lot of skills together in one category so you might mm. say something like you know gunslinger and that might include like some of your you know shooting skills and your fast draw skills and stuff and the idea is it becomes an expensive skill but basically by only increasing that you cover a wide area mm. and he took the kind of slightly apocryphal revolutionary idea of actually rather than having it just as a small category of making a whole character class or a whole profession as yeah. a wild card skill so you say things like detective wizard thief as your wild card skill and i really like this idea because it harkened back to the idea of i mean again if you don't like character classes which is why you've gone to groups it might grate against you a bit but the idea is that you know it gives you the option to very quickly build a character um, and again what he did was he said you take your wild card skill it's basically at minus one to your normal stats so it's basically below your average stat mm. but it's there for everything you could possibly conceive of as something that a wizard or a fighter or, you know, a detective mm. or, you know, a policeman or whatever you want to be would be. And then you pick a couple of skills which are one point above your stats and then a couple of skills that are like two points above it. And then use that to get mm. a bit of granularity around picking it. So I kind of looked at that and I thought, well, that's actually quite cool. And what I did with that was when COVID hit, so we're going back, I've probably got three years now, so mm. I'm probably doing this now. Um, I spent a lot of time stuck in the car whilst my wife was shopping because we couldn't go in with the children who were getting <laughs> bored. So I basically pulled this out, got some index cards out, made up a fighter character, a thief character, a wizard character using the MOOC system and basically mm. gave it to the children. We spent the hours sat in the car basically playing groups for the system. Mm -hmm. And one of the children doesn't really like role-playing games, just kind of get off it. It's not his thing. He doesn't like dice resolution mm. systems. But my um, my youngest boy basically really loved it. So me and him, we still play it now, actually. Mm. really kind of got into it. And it, it became, to me, a way in for him. Because had I made him sit down and do a 150-point GURPS character and showed him a 150-point <laughs> GURPS character sheet, I don't know, he looked at it and gone, what on earth is this? Yeah. But he started with an index card that had, you know, strength, dex, IQ, you know, hit points, fatigue points. Mm possibly basic speed on it, whatever, I can't which ones were on there. Then just like wizard, whatever level, fireball, this level, and then that was pretty much it, and then just some equipment. And that's all he had in his hand. And so he went into dungeons, and he fought some goblins, and he fought some orcs and stuff, mm. and he just really loved it. He just like rolling the dice and doing it. Yeah. And so I kind of twigged really on that, actually. There's a really key here to the fact that he was learning GURPS without me having to do the full character point generation system. Yeah, absolutely. And... You know, we have progressed now. He has now got full GURPS character sheets. He's got 250-point wizard that he has now, with, and he's mm. fine with it now because he's he's kind of had a that sort of you know lead into it. He hasn't jumped straight into the complexity of it. Yeah. And as as time's gone on, I've added more rules and I've added reaction rules in. I've added you know using fatigue for extra effort and all this kind of stuff that I just didn't use initially. Mm. Um, and so it kind of sparked the idea that obviously I know I'm not the only one that has this problem. People say to me all the time, I can't mm. get people to GURPS because they say it's too complicated, they say it's too much. And so I kind of thought, well, is there is there something that needs to be done to kind of create a package where I can kind of put out there, right, this is a BX style, you know, mm. dungeon fantasy where you here's your character stats, 
here's your character class. Here's some like just a small selection of skills, some equipment, you know, that you can even buy packages of. I was thinking the idea that you just buy a package mm. of equipment to waste time on it. Three character together in two minutes, there you go, it's done basically, and make it really fast. Because yeah. even toyed with the ideas that basically you've got to say to heck with the point system and kind of not worry about it because yes. when you do it at this abstract, it kind of doesn't matter. And so I tried to break down, I looked at GURPS light basically as a way mm. off again leading because you don't have to pay for it so people can get it for free mm-hmm. and then with that and my thing they can start running without paying any money and then if they like it they can carry on with GURPS and pay Steve Jackson money and again it's like a quick start kind of thing get them in quick yeah. um, and I guess that's kind of my thinking around it and I'm trying to think where I was going with that conversation <laughs> so yeah <laughs> and, and I guess that was kind of a leading but it's kind of been a case of trying to tweak it and so the first major change I made was rather than going from the set stats that um, Luke had suggested was that both yourself and Luke who did Randos to Heroes and Easy Gurps podcast yeah. and things he did random roles for all the stats and I thought well, actually, why not? Because at the end of the day, if I'm, if I'm throwing points out for the point of view of advantages and skills, yeah. why am I worried about balancing the stats either? Because, you know, although it's not everyone's cup of tea and I don't always like it myself, sometimes it is nice just to be able to roll and see what you get. Mm. You know, if I roll someone up and they've got high intelligence, that's making a wizard or a cleric. If they've got high decks, that's making a thief. And, you know, I don't know what I'm going to get from mm. this character set. And I might get like a really strong fighter who's really clumsy or whatever else. You kind of mm-hmm. get that fun that you sometimes get with those kind of games and if you're happy with it. And again, because you because you roll dice randomly, it takes a bit of burden off the players, I feel, sometimes, because it's not their fault if it goes wrong. And I think that's another thing as well, that when yeah. you're rolling randomly, because obviously if you build a character yourself, there's a whole feeling that if it's wrong, that's your fault. Whereas if you roll mm. a dice, the dice come up badly. Well, it's just a dice. What could you do? You know mm. what I mean? So I think there's a good element there for breaking that kind of tension <laughs> where they don't get they don't yeah. get to choose. They don't feel like they have to choose. And they build a character that way. So that kind of, it's kind of sat out there. I started putting it on my blog, actually. I was going to try and put it on this few blog entries of kind of what I was doing and kind of maybe put it out there a little bit to get some more feedback from the wider sort of GURPS circles or even other players to kind of introduce them a bit to GURPS that way. The struggle to me has always kind of been around the magic system, actually, because mm-hmm. I know third, third edition, when it had its random character generation, in fact, even third edition light had a, a magic system in it, mm-hmm. whereas fourth edition light doesn't which i think was a design choice by them to not have to bring the complexity of magic into it but obviously <laughs> if i'm trying to win a fantasy game i feel at heart of a fantasy game without any magic yes uh, what i'm kind of tweaking with at the moment which is what's slowing me down the most in this project was like, how do i get a magic system that's true-ish to GURPS, so i'm still teaching GURPS, but not as complex as a GURPS magic system can be because in mm. certain elements it can be a bit complicated so i'm still kind of working on that one um and again, it's a bit of a work in progress. And also, I want to do a bit of a sample bestry. I want to try and throw out some of those standard mm. like creatures. Like, I want to do some very basic stat blocks for things like an orc or a goblin and a kobold yes. and all that kind of stuff and really put those out there. So again, if someone picks it up, they can just throw together some monsters and kind of throw together a dungeon or an encounter mm. or whatever and have that tool set there. Um, so it's a bit of a labor of love. I don't really plan on making any money out of it. It's more like I'm planning on doing a quick Kickstarter or anything. It's more just a kind of a thought experiment, really, that I want to kind of put together and put out there. Mm. I was going to say as well, like it really appeals. And of course, thinking back to my Dungeons and Thal thing back in the, you know, back in the couple of years ago, it was hugely successful running that way as also an open table, you know, like this. So the idea that, you know, you can have a session on a Saturday night or whatever, you know, yeah. whoever shows up, you can quickly bang out some characters and off we go into a dungeon, kill some goblins near nick their treasure, you know, that classic kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and by building a mega dungeon or building some levels for a mega dungeon, you know, which a lot of people are talking about this year with the whole kind of yeah. like uh, dungeon, dungeon 23 and all of that. It's actually like, there's a really great sort of opportunity I feel at the moment to, to do that with like a very simple stripped GURPS. And then, you know, and what yeah. we're talking about here is four stats, come up with your wild card 
you know, stuff, probably a weapon skill or something, you know, and maybe a specialist skill of some kind, you yeah. know, you might have them on the sheet and then yeah, gear and go. And, yeah. and that really appeals, you know, that, that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, and then it becomes just 3d6 roll low and yeah. everything's on d6s. So it's straightforward, you know? Yeah, it is that thing. Um, I mean, Again, the only complexities that come into GURPS is, and this is again what I find players struggle with, is that obviously the, this, the more abstract your system, the simpler it is. So the, the advantages that D&D has about being quick and go is that it abstracts a lot of things. So like, you know, mm. the weapon damage that you do is fairly flat. You know, the only change is your strength has a plus one, plus two. In GURPS, yeah. you've got a slightly complex looking strength table that determines your swing and thrust mm. damage you have to transit. And it's fine if you've got an automated system that does it for you, but obviously at the table building it, that is a slight, again, it's the things that you look at as barriers to playing mm. and stuff. So I have also toyed about, do I do a simplified strength system for the, the grab and go mm-hmm. thing? You know, again, it's taken away from core GURPS, but I, I feel like when I'm making the system, excuse me, I'm not looking to emulate full GURPS when we start. It's again, it's yeah. about this kind of, I want to create a feed-in system where at least start to learn how GURPS works yeah. and realize it's not a scary ogre of a thing. <laughs> Bad pun there. Mm. Uh, it might be. <laughs> um, but... Sorry, Steve Jackson game joke there. Um, and that actually, it's not as bad as it could be. And obviously, you can start adding in those things later down the line and sort of bring some of that that granularity that it has to it later. Because, um, mm. again, if you think about it, with a lot of the, the game systems that evolved, they all sort of really started that way. They all started with more basic rules, and as time's gone on, they've added more complexity as they've mm. gone along. But you'll have to look at that committee to see, obviously, you've got your basic experts. So again, that's mm. bringing in more stuff to go on, and that's, that's mm. their model, and that worked. And so I almost feel like GURPS needs something similar, really. And that's, again, where I'm kind of heading to. So Yeah. I feel like I've very much, I mean, that idea of emulating basic expert advanced kind of thing works for me. I love the idea of a really simple, basic GURPS dungeon game, but it felt a lot like that Beck Me Basic book, you know. And then an expert set, which might say, bring in a few bits more of the core GURPS rules, you know, heading towards what GURPS calls basic set, which really isn't very yeah. basic. Um and, it's, and in a sense, it's unfortunate that GURPS has that label on its core rule books of basic set. I mean, yeah, it is in, in, <laughs> in its original meaning. But when you yeah. get back to first edition basic set, you know, it was actually a pretty stripped down game. Um, and I don't know, I kind of miss that, you know, that again, there were fewer options back then. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> you know, and all the rest of it. But that's that's what I want, um, because when I'm playing like a, coming back to this thing, when I'm playing it, I find it really fun. Um, yeah. I also, I just wanted to touch on as well as the, um, what I think of it is I know that you played a game of GURPS, which was a sort of post-apocalyptic game. And one of the things yeah. that really stood out to me when you were talking about it, I think on the podcast, um, was how one of your your players had, for the first time, sort of broken out of the class system thing and suddenly realized that they could build a character that was, you know, a, a blend of different things. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember that, um, but I it really struck me that this was probably the greatest strength of GURPS, you know? Um, so there's been, there's been a couple recently, actually, because even post to that, I had a long-term 5th edition D&D player, and she joined mm. us. She doesn't game with us anymore, unfortunately. And we played a fantasy game, and she basically had these ideas for characters. She wanted to play, like, a shape-changing Kitsune spirit character, yeah. which had kind of been done. And then... She she basically said, Oh, well, have a look at this. And then she found she found herself and all these GURPS articles and all these things and found this way to build it. And we talked about different ways. And she's like, Oh my God, I can't believe I can build what I want to make. Yeah. You know, and even like, you know, you couldn't give the, you know, if we go to points, 
caps and stuff. And obviously there's levels to caps, but there was things she could still do to get what she wanted, at least aesthetically, make it look yeah. how she wanted it to look and still do it. And it was this mind-blowing thing of actually, within the rules, there's this fairly relatively easy way mm-hmm. to do these things if you understand the rules. And it takes someone, because I'd done it for a bit while, and to be able to lead them a little bit to do it. But it was that whole, like you said, breaking that mold. All of a sudden, they weren't mm. limited to just, you know, one thing they could do. But yeah, it's it's like, you know, some people find it hard. I think not having the class system because it's an easy mm. fallback on you. Just, you know, you know what a thief is. You know, especially if you play D and D a lot. You know what the character classes mm-hmm. are, so it's easy to fall into it. But then, for the likes of me, find it very constraining because, you know, mm-hmm. I want to have a character who's a thief but can also cast magic a bit. You know what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. want them to be a super powerful mage, but it'd be nice to do a few tricks and stuff. I don't want to have to look through lots of third-party articles for your thief-mage combination character class you've built. You know, I, just, I want to just be able to pick an odd skill and be able to do the little thing here and there. And so, you mm-hmm. know... And again, if we go back to my previous comment, it's one of the things I liked about third edition D&D when they brought some of the other skills in and people could dabble mm. a bit. I quite like that element of it, um, which is kind of lost a little bit with fifth edition, I find. Um, mm. You know, it's like that bit of a granularity. But again, that comes back to personal things. But yeah, it is really cool when you get someone who, you know, you introduce them to GURPS and it's like a, a light bulb moment. Then like, mm. oh my God, actually, there's all the stuff we can do. I mean, to be fair, I like it with any systems. I, I, not that I hate people. It upsets me when people say, well, I only want to play D&D and I want to play it. And, you know, it's fair enough. You might like D&D, but I think you should experience some games to see them because then sometimes you'll be surprised. And, you know, mm. some people do only like D&D and fair enough. That is your thing. That's what you want to do. But, you know, I like, I think I was raised on different game systems from a very young age. <laughs> so it's kind of yeah. like, a, I kind of have this idea that, which means I can't stop looking at other ones, has to be said as well, even though I like GURPS a lot, I still look at other ones still. <laughs> mm. again, kind of just enjoy that like, experimenting with them. I think it's really interesting about like, GURPS though is that and our desire and our mutual desire here and I really do want to keep collaborating on this because this kind of simple GURPS approach um that it it is rich you know I mean I know that there's probably going to be listeners here who sit there with like they're very light game systems sitting there thinking well why do you need all of that like just describe the you know um mystical kitsune character and roll with it you know like you don't really need numbers and stats and and all of that to make that come alive at the table and there is some truth to that but of course, we like the mechanisms and the like the the structure that comes with a game system that actually supports that and gives it meaning. Um, yeah. You know, and it's kind of hard to explain, but there's this this meeting of aesthetics that uh, you know that actually I think GURPS does very well, or at least offers very well. Yeah. You know, if only you can get past the uh, the mental barriers. So I think I'm going to go further and say if people come to me and they say, well, you don't need that. You just need a descriptor for your character description. I can say, no, I I do need that. Mm. That is what I need. Okay, because if I'm being honest with myself, when I have played games, and Fate's an example of this a little bit, and, you know, there's some other games out there where it's very narrative and it's just a description. And even a game I helped design, to put it there, Open Legend RPG, which I helped develop it, my issue with it now, going back to it, is that it all feels very much the same. There's too much mm-hmm. of it being the same and I'm doing the same dice roll to get an effect and I'm just calling it something different to get mm. a flat number. And it doesn't, for whatever reason, the way my brain is wired, in my brain, mm-hmm. it just totally destroys the whole point of it. I just feel really bored by it almost. It's like I can't mm. click with it. Whereas maybe with GURPS at the end of the day is 3D6 roll under and a target number that you're basically rolling under. So you could argue it's the same, but there's something about how that the mechanisms work in the game hmm. that it feels right to me that feels how it should be simulated because i'm a simulationist yeah. a little bit there and so therefore it just really gels and really clicks with me and other stuff that hmm. tries to abstract it too much i just don't like it because it feels too abstract to me and again yeah. that's the thing i think it's that level of abstraction i'm not comfortable with it just doesn't sit right 
Um, mm. And as we talk a lot in the games about being immersed in it, if something doesn't sit right, it breaks that level of immersion. I mean, even if rolling dice yeah. might break immersion, the fact is if I don't feel connected to the game in the right way, I can't keep engaging with it in the same way I get yeah. bored of it. Anyway. And it's weird as well, because if I know that, like, so if I've been running some GURPS games, I've run, you know, with all the rules behind the screen, so the players aren't interacting with them at all. But there's something reassuring to some players about knowing that there is an engine underneath, that yeah. it isn't yeah. just fudging it and making it up, you know, that it yeah. isn't just kind of purely a dialogic, you know, kind of interaction. Yeah. That is, there is something, an engine there that's saying, this is the reality that we're playing in, and these are the limits and boundaries, you know? It, it is a weird thing because even with, I mean, if I go back to, I was even thinking about fighting fantasy novels, if we go one step back to the Dungeons and Dragons novels that came out, there was a bunch of choose your own adventure ones. Mm. Now, choose your own adventure novels, some of them don't even have a mechanism. It's just literally you choose two paths and where you yeah. go and determine it. But even that, I don't mind because I buy, because uh, if I know it, I buy into it, I buy into that's how that works. And so yeah. I'll happily go along with that thing. Um, but I do know that I prefer, say, the fighting fantasy ones where I roll a d6 and stuff mm-hmm. as well. And so it is almost like, you know, I don't need to know some of that stuff behind it. I just need to know, like you said, that that is there. Mm-hmm. Um, think about it. It's like when you play a computer game that, you know, you don't see the complicated math going behind a computer game. If you shoot a rifle and then you know that it's mm-hmm. got like an accuracy level or the rest of it, you don't need to know the massive complex computer algorithm. Because you? you just need to know it's there and that it's being applied fairly by the computer. Some people argue yeah. it isn't, but, you know, but usually as long as you mm-hmm. know the computers are playing it fairly. Because um, when I played a lot of the even the Dungeons and Dragons computer games, you know I don't see the dice rolls of computers randomly making whatever. Mm. Someone just like they were you click on the thing and there's a combat and it mm-hmm. just tells you if you hit them. But yeah. I trust because it's D and D and I've got a thackle and it's got an armor class that it's applying mm-hmm. that rule. I just I just go with it because that's that's my assumption I make of it. Mm. But believing whether it's there or not that it's there is enough for me to just carry on playing because I know that structure is there. Mm. So like you said, I think I think it's that level. So it's like you said, it's not having to be in control of it so much as just knowing that it's there and feeling like I'm mm-hmm. assured that it's being applied. I think it's a fairness thing. It's about feeling that even if it's random, the randomness is being applied fairly almost. That makes some sort yeah, of weird sense. That does. I think that the reality of it is that, you know, in a sense, it's about consistency in play. And for me, I I, requ- I do, I'm like you, I require a certain level of mechanism to give that yeah. give me that sense of consistency in reality. Because otherwise... I know as a gem, it's very easy to like make a ruling and then forget about it, you know. And if yeah. I don't have that sort of structure of, of of rules there, I will, I'll get, I'll actually get uncomfortable, you know. As a gem, am I doing this right? Again, back we're back to yeah. the, am I doing it right? And of course, in a way, that's mad, but you know, and that's what I require to have a good time. Okay, you know, where are we getting with this? <laughs> I was going to say again with the idea behind writing the basic dungeon fantasy that was part of it because i feel there's other people out there who'll feel the same that they'll feel like if someone writes something to say do it this way they'll feel more reassured about doing it yeah whereas if i just tell people it's all right to do it they might not still do it but they can have it in writing as weird as that sounds people because mm. also people can challenge it then and they can discuss it and i can change it if it feels it might be changing and i feel mm. like that's that feels more authentic as a way of doing it than just randomly deciding to tell people oh, let's do it how you want <laughs> Yeah, I think that to be honest with you, in in the role playing community over the years, the least helpful thing is people just saying, "Hey, just you know, make something up. It's okay, you know, <laughs> you know, make just make your own number." Like, and I always feel this with um, re, right, reskinning things as well. Like, to me, I get that. Like, I take a step block and I describe it in a different way. It still yeah. feels like wrong. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, 
yeah. I had this it's the other day. I'm playing a salad game at the moment, and and I was thinking, oh, I could just reskin this RuneQuest Rubble Runner as a giant rat. I could do that, or I could just run it as a Rubble Runner, which is actually quite an interesting monster and yeah. more interesting than a giant rat. So that's what I did in my game, and it was way more fun. But it, part of it was just that I can't. In my head, once I know that that snap block is a rubble runner, I, I find it really hard to go, I'll treat it like a giant rat, you know. And maybe that's just the way I'm wired, you know. It's just, but I know for a lot of people out there, they'll be laughing their heads or thinking, well, that's just, you know, it's an illusion, isn't it? Like the whole thing is just one big illusion, right? But you no, know, to me, it's important. I mean, and you're not alone in that one. Because I know, again, if I go back to um, Doug Cole when he's done his, his Northern Ireland estuary and stuff and he's mm. he's reskinned those things so a lot of those things are kobolds and goblins and stuff mm-hmm. but, but conversely if I say to someone well that's a goblin people say yeah but it's not it's a store elf and it's yeah. not that so can't use it as that because that's not what it is and it's from the setting that I don't use like yeah but it doesn't matter it's groups but they can't they just can't do it yeah. because they can't in their heads bring yep. themselves to believe it if you know what I mean and yeah. so it's definitely it's not limited to like you know to you and obviously we know it isn't mm. but you know I mean it is more common I think than people would think that that is a block yeah. thing to it so. yeah absolutely so um let's just try and pull this together you know in the time that we have and what we're saying here is you know we're working I guess sort of work I'm really interested in working with you on this and you're working on this yeah. thing of let, let's just take some core stats maybe we random roll them I mean, I've got a number yes. of different approaches. I've tried that instantly. Um, and, you know, we're going to pick this kind of uh, what is a, you know, one sort of label, which is going to be our character uh, skill, our big sort of uber skill, um, the the wild card. And then, you know, gear them up and go play, really. Yep. And and then from that sort of build, um, first of all, some experience with playing with that 3D6 role load game system in a very familiar, nice dungeon type game. And then you know, sort of build it from there. And and actually, when you're looking at Gert's basic set, what that comes down to is just using the core stats, the very yeah. basics of the skill system, yeah. and then the, the actual core mechanisms. And then all you already got to learn is the combat system, which, yeah. again, you're bringing down to its absolute bare minimums of, you know, one second around, making an action, and it will be those core kind of actions. Um, yeah. And and that is really easy to run with. Um like I said, like you said, though, I think that yeah, I, I this is like a, a silent petition to Steve Jackson Games. For goodness sake, just put it out there because people yeah. need it written down. And actually, if it had the Steve Jackson stamp of approval on it as well, that would probably help a great deal. Um, but while we're on this, why not like just GURPS Light or even Ultralight? I mean, I, I hate Ultralight, but, I'm not <laughs> but, but why not just do that? So, I mean, there was a lot of hate out there for Ultralight. I've noticed actually a few people said that to me. So I looked at Ultralight. And to be fair, I did look at it and try and pinch stuff from it a little bit. I mean, the problem with Ultralight is once you get to the point of Ultralight, it's almost not GURPS really in a way because it's, it's, mm. it's too far removed. Um, <laughs> I mean, I guess, for, I guess for me, if specifically why not Ultralight for me was because, um, and we talked about this from solo play, but if you're not doing solo play, it takes out the active defense mechanism yeah. so it changes it into like a modifier to number which when you understand the probability of the numbers doesn't work in my head so that annoys my brain because mm-hmm. you know the probability is not the same um but also because again from teaching groups i don't think the active defense thing is really that complicated when you're running okay. it against other people so therefore i'd like to leave it in so therefore not ultra light because it gets rid of it so therefore mm-hmm. groups light kind of hits that in each plus to me groups light's got enough of 
Because if you take Scripts like as a package, it's got enough stuff in there. It has the basic combat system. It's got the basic find the skills advantages. Mm. It really pairs them down. And it's got a very brief combat and equipment list as well, which I can pinch from. And because it's freely available, I can say to people, well, download this, like I said, and then use that yeah. to plug it into this. Um, I'd love to be able to rewrite it, but I don't want to get into the copyright issues around that. Again, if Steve yeah. Jackson decides he wants to officially let us do it as a licensed product, I don't mind. Mm. I'll do that and then put everything <laughs> in. Um, but until that happens, I'll just have it referred to it. Because what I'd also like to do is like signpost people to things and say, you know, look at this. And then yeah. in the future, you can look at X, Y, and Z. Hmm. Yeah, well, I also, I don't know about you, but I, I just really love what Steve Jackson games do as well. So I, I want yeah. to support their product. I want, I mean, the whole heart of this is we know it's a great game. So if you yeah. like, try and get people to try it. Um, and yeah. this is about overcoming those barriers, you know. Um, I guess, that go, like I said, the diehard Gertz players are probably all sitting there screaming at the, the you know. Yeah. But, I mean, I've said it before that GURPS, GURPS fan base is sometimes its own worst enemy on this one mm. because, you know, and interesting, I do sleep with players sometimes because I have pitched this to players and they say, but the whole reason I, I don't want to, I want to play GURPS and not what you're proposing is because I don't want to have this like, you know, class-based profession yeah. system. And I can say that's fine, but then this isn't a product for you, basically. The whole yeah. point is it's not for you. But I think what I want to say to GURPS GMs, if you want to get new players in, don't just say, well, you've got to lump it and do it because this is how GURPS works, but actually say, understand that, it is a barrier to people. And mm. that doesn't mean people aren't going to like GURPS because they might once they get... Because like I said, my child probably wouldn't have done it had I just dumped the whole massive couch mm. sheet in front of them. But once he understood the system and then there was more skills now, he was fine with it because he knew how it ran and he understood what they all were once I talked to him through them. But it, it helped him get into it, just having that index card there in front of them to run it off of and basically mm. really kind of pare it down. And so that to me is kind of the key. It's about having that entry-level basic product where like, you know, they have like, so like a quick start really. Um, mm. And to me as well, again, why maybe not GURPS Lite is because, again, I want to focus it even more into a single genre because, yeah. again, uh, I want to do a review on how to be a GURPS GM because how to be a GURPS GM not only explains how good GURPS is, but also explains the biggest problem with GURPS, which is that you need another book to tell you how to run it. <laughs> yes. you know I mean? And if you're thinking about that, that's a problem because it shouldn't be mm. that an issue. And part of it is because, you know, you need to be able to say to people, if you want to run a fantasy, you need this skill, this skill, that skill, this advantage, mm -hmm. that advantage. And I want to do that for people. I want to say, so you don't have to think about it. This is what you should give available to people. Tell mm -hmm. them this is what they can pick from. And off you go. And don't worry about the rest because you don't need to know about it. Now. Yeah. And so part of me wants to do genre books. You know, part of me wants, if I can get this up and running, do like an urban fantasy version or a sci-fi mm -hmm. version even, just to give them some yeah. idea about little tasters for different genres. Because um, again, the main draw to me with GURPS is the fact that there is multi, it is multi-genre because me that's the main draw the fact that yeah. you can have crossovers you can do lots of different things but I, you can't start people that can't be your entry level because again it's too much to, to give to someone mm. in one go i feel no i think you're right it's about like kind of hitting a few of the big i mean actually c jackson games themselves have done that with like you know things like gurps action and gurps monster yeah. hunters are, are great but again both of us are sitting here going but 400 point characters <laughs> yeah. is hell, you know, I, I can't even be, and, and you know, they even be started on that. And of course, you know, oh, you can play with 250 points. Like, no, that's, it's too much. I know. I, I honestly, once I get beyond about a hundred point G, uh, GURPS character, my head starts to melt it, you know, because actually like you, as Doug Cole has said on many occasions when I've interviewed him, you know, on one level, that's 100 separate decisions at a 100-point character. You know, 400-point yeah. characters, 400 separate individual decisions, which isn't really true because some of the things have cost more than one point, but yeah. it could be, you know. And actually, when a skill can be, you know, one point, two points, four points, eight points, and 12 points, um, that, you know, there's a lot of stuff going on there. Um, yeah. When we say, right, 
tell me what your character is gunslinger wizard thief right now let's roll yeah, yeah. that i know that's so far removed from that that building system yeah. but what we are doing immediately is we're playing yes and so that's a contention i guess between the the, the old school hardcore gerps gms players versus the ones you try to introduce is that the whole love for gerps is the fact you have that flexibility you can tweak it you can mm. make those little minor changes but that isn't good for new players and that's the contention so you have to accept that if you want new players to come and get people involved in your your game you have to park that as something you need to not worry about from now get them into it and then when they're into it then you can throw all the stuff at them or start throwing at them and then they'll, they'll probably love it as much as you do but you've got to accept that you can't just start at that point because the people are going to be overfaced by it all at the end of the day mm. and i think that's the kind of break but like i said even like i said even with the things that you put out there and again like i said it's the templates are really great and helped me but again i think for some new players there's still too much in there there's too many choices mm. still for a lot of people and it makes it harder during this conversation, I've been thinking about it like like what you're talking about is basic. You know, what would expert look like? Well, actually, I think advanced introduces templates. You know, for me, yeah. and it's and it's actually like there is somewhere in the middle where we have to sort of work out. Yeah, how do I break down that wildcard skill? You know, for somebody, and I let them yeah. tweak. And and of course, it's not difficult because what you do is you introduce probably you just introduce some granularity. You say, okay, well, you can spend some points on some specific things that you're character does if you're a, a thief for example oh can i put more points into lock picking well, of course you can yeah. and we break that down um yeah. because the wild card still starts at the level of your stat right so or yeah. below the level of your stat so it's yeah. that thing of saying well yeah if you spend these points on that thing then you can bump it above that stat level and yeah. for those who don't play gets that probably sounds completely arcane but it actually isn't a too difficult thing to start yeah. breaking that down and and drip drip feeding in those those personalizations to your character yeah. as you grow you know um so yeah it, it's very very doable it, you know in, in some ways it's trivial you know once you yeah. understand the system but i think for someone coming at it cold yeah we have to provide it um I, yeah. i'm with you absolutely okay so um yeah kind of conscious of time so just thanks for, first of all for coming and chatting about that any last things that you wanted to throw out there before we we sign off and put i'll go and edit this well the main thing i'd always say is that you know don't be scared of groups it, it is it is scary to look at at times but actually mm -hmm. it's hard it isn't and i'd say the main thing is find people like myself and like you who basically you know we can explain ways of people getting into it in an easier way and you know the way that they can get into it um and you know I said, don't be scared because you know the people there who help. There are good people out there who will help you get into the hobby, basically. And don't be put off by people who are saying, "Oh no, you can't do this. You must learn it all from you know and do these massive complex things because you don't have to do it the way they're saying." Um, but like I said, give it give it a good go and give it a try, and definitely don't be put off by other people's preconceptions. A lot of people out there saying, "Oh, don't play GURPS because it's X, Y, and Z." You know, try it yourself. See, and if you don't like it, you don't like it. And if you do, hey, you do. GM mm. Shadow. Barry, thanks very, very much. Um, thanks, it's been a delight to have you on. And um, just thanks for your time. Thank you. Big thank you once again to Barry, a.k.a. GM Shadow from the Shadow of GM podcast. Thanks for coming and sharing your thoughts, Barry. And I'll stick the link to all of his stuff, the podcast, in the show notes. Please do go and check it out. If you have any questions or comments, I'd love to hear from you. Call in, as ever, via speakpipe.com slash rescue, and please leave a message. 
Thanks once again to all the Roleplay Rescue patrons who support the show through patreon.com slash rpgrescue. It really does make a difference. Thank you, guys. And thanks also to John from Tale of the Manticore for the Roleplay Rescue theme music. Most of all, of course, thank you to you for showing up and listening. My name is Che Webster. This is Roleplay Rescue. See you again next time. Game on.